1: <laughs> Hello, I love that music. That was puts a smile on my face. Welcome to episode 108. Um, I've had a pretty bonkers week, really. I've had to finish an artwork for Never Label, which is going to be raising funds for EarthDay.org under the name Restore Mother Earth, which is going to be shown at art snug in Walthamstow, East London, E17. East Another exhibition where it actually goes on the wall rather than the screen, although it will also be on the screen. But I'll definitely be speaking more about that nearer the time too. Yesterday, which was Tuesday the 23rd of March, I spent a day with photographer Will Robson Scott. Him and Freddie Forsyth are creating a book documenting the social impact of crime in London. So I spent a day telling how my previous life as Roy Maynard has left its mark and, well, pretty much been the foundations of my new life as Gary Mansfield the artist. I've interviewed an artist for an art magazine, the details of which I'm not sure if have been released, so I'm saying nothing. Well, apart from the bit I just said. And by the time this week's out, I would have recorded, I think, four podcasts? One of which was an art historian, and pretty much an art world legend, that I was quite intimidated to sit down and have a chat with, I'll tell you. But like always, I don't know what I was bloody worried about. It was an excellent chat and we got on famously. Anyway, enough of me giving it to Charlie Big Potatoes. Let's get down to this week's episode. Number 108. An artist who is good looking, charismatic, and oozing personality, which, you know, sharing similar qualities is uh, probably why we got on so well. So this week it's Mr. Will Claridge. Will's approach to art is very much art is for everyone, you know. In his own practice he combines photographs of the everyday with spontaneous action painting. That creates a sort of um, starting point for the viewer to create their own visual journey. That very inclusive mindset could have been a factor for him landing his position as manager of Roy's Art Fair. Will creates work in several mediums, being painting, installation, photography, video and performance. His biggest inspiration is travel and the poetics of everyday life. His primary ambition is to evoke a perceptive change in the way people view art. To create an insight into the everyday by presenting and blurring the line between reality and obscurity of the mundane and to capture moments of raw life as they occur and alter its narrative. And on top of that, he's a bloody nice bloke. But come and find that out yourself by joining me on Zoom as I spoke to Mr. Will Claridge.
2: Yeah, so um, about 20 minutes from Colchester, so North Essex, yeah. Yeah, always been up here. Uh, I was in mode but only for like the first couple of years of my life, and then mum and dad moved here, and I've been here ever since. So,
1: yeah. Oh, it's nice. How did you get into the arts then?
2: Um, <clears throat> So, from a really young age, I was picking up my camera, really. I was just fascinated by taking photography, and... Um, then it was GCSEs, I did art, and then sixth form really changed my life because sixth form was, like, an opportunity for me to actually, you know, my tutors were artists themselves, yeah. and it was, like, they're teaching me, but also <clears throat> they're making work, they're practising artists, and, you know, they were just huge inspirations to me. Um, and then from there, it was foundation and then uni. So I've, I've done the academic route of art and then come out at the end and... Um, uh thought, yeah, I want to do this, become an artist, so, what's oh, that, sorry? And it was that easy? Well, not really. <laughs> 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 I'm struggling more now. The academic bit was easy, because you're always just like, yeah, here's a grant to help you do this and that, and, Yeah, and now it's
1: like, right, you're on your own now. <laughs> well, if you saw that, like, I know you said you were speaking to, uh, listening to the Amy Bega one, the Amy yeah. Bega podcast yesterday. Yeah. People like her, you know, they just sort of get into art, and then they're on their path you know they are already sort of um have a bit of success at the start and then they're away and yeah. then other people are slugging away at it for years and years just seeking a little bit of recognition you know
2: yeah there really is um i mean there's such a wide variety of success and like you know what do you class success It's some people see success as making an art sale you know if, if they if they're selling art, they're successful other people see it as if they're making amazing work and putting it on shows and that they're successful. Yeah. So I think everyone's level of success is so
1: different. And that's what makes this industry so exciting as well. Um, yeah. Well, over when I've been doing these podcasts or like listening to the artist backstory, I yeah. mean, that's, that's my most interesting part of the story yeah. is how they become an artist. Yeah. Um, it's so important. To have focus at the start of the career, which so many of us just fall into art and then just roll with it. Yeah. And then there's other people who say, right, I want to do this, this is and then make a plan. And I definitely didn't do that. You know, I was, I was, and I'm still to this day, I'm one of those who go, Oh, look, this is about to happen. Let's see what happens. Rather than take control of it, I let it guide me.
2: Yeah, which is I think I think that's great though as well. Like, you know, to be I, I like to think that I'm quite spontaneous as well and a bit of a yes man, just like crack on with things. Um, I think it does, it opens doors, definitely. I think it's it's good to be sort of open-minded and not not worry too much about where a piece of art is going to go or like if you go to a show and you chat to someone, like don't worry about where that might go, just enjoy the moment, enjoy the, the conversation. and Yeah, I, I see a lot of that.
1: Well, the first, I mean, I've got seven questions that I ask each artist and the first is, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work?
2: Oh, OK. Um, <clears throat> so I explore the everyday. That's the most simply simple, simple way of explaining it, really. I explore the everyday um, through a blend of photography and uh, acrylic and oil painting. So I create these overpainted photographs, um, which alters the narrative so it changes you know once you've applied paint to a photograph you've changed the state of it so you yeah. change the narrative and you, you you kind of you're hiding aspects of what's in the photo it could be somebody's face it could be a building and then it's sort of that then in, either frustrates or intrigues the viewer yeah. and it's it's that emotion that I want to evoke in people and I've done that throughout sort of my academic art life so far whether it be performance art or um installation art i want to change people's idea i want people to walk into a room and go what what's going on here like it's really immersive you know so um yeah so if if that kind of answers the question i don't
1: know the photographs you use are they found photographs or do you produce them yourself
2: they're all my own photography so it's kind of half half the work is the photography so half it is all my work um I kind of pride myself in that. I, I've also, I did a small series, um, a good friend of mine lent me a load of his nineties photos, just holiday snaps that he didn't want. And that was really nice. Cause I've got some pieces that people see and they're like, are you sure you took that photo? Cause that guy's wearing double denim. <laughs> 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 you know? um, so that was quite interesting. And I think that allowed me to open this whole other area of, you don't have to take the photographs, you know, they can be found, like yeah. you say. Um, But yeah, I I take on my own photographs and kind of what we chatted about earlier. So COVID stopped that because half of my work is actually getting out and seeing places, jumping on the train down to London, spending the day to walk around taking photos, you know. So yeah, it's all my photography. And I've had a few people say you could just showcase the photography because it stands on its own. You know, it's good enough. It is art itself. But for me, it's about about that relationship between the photograph and the paint.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, a um, you know, several people who appropriate um, found photographs, you know, there's people who embroider over photographs, paint over yeah. photographs like you're doing. But um, most of that I've seen, have been um, found photographs, making your own work. It is, that is definitely you taking control of, of the mm. artwork, isn't it? From, from sort of conception, you know? It, it, yeah. And, and in the, in that
2: vein, it kind of, it makes it it kind of makes it personal to me so it's, it's seeing the world through my eyes so yeah. all the photography it's like oh Will's been there Will's taken that photo and then therefore it's personal to me because every piece of art I create even in 10 years time I can look at a piece of art that I've made and go I know exactly where that was who I was with what feelings I was feeling you know and that story people sort of buy into that so when I'm at yeah. art fairs or exhibitions or solo shows people go, oh, where was this taken? And I'm like, well, and I give them this like
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, story, yeah, yeah. but
2: they love that. They, they buy into that and then they this buy- the sort of
1: provenance from yeah, absolutely. the entire image, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And, you know, the, the paint that goes on top of it can be, if I'm having a really shit week and I'll go out and shoot and I know that I'm angry, got pent up anger about something or whatever, the, the paint, when I get them developed and then they go back in my studio, my emotions probably change so that I'm sitting in front of this- photo all like happy like ready to create art but at the time I was really angry so I remember my emotion yeah so I then paint in you know in response to how yeah, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. so that that's quite exciting as well
1: did you always have an interest in art yeah I, I think
2: I mean school was school I didn't really enjoy it I just played football every day and art was just there I, I sort of saw art as a GCSE topic that was like a bit fun and took it because exactly I thought i yeah That'd be a bit of a release, that'd be fun. Turns out it was one of the hardest subjects because it's so much coursework and stuff. But yeah, didn't really get on. I sort of scraped through school really, Gary, to be honest. But uh, sixth form, I sort of pulled myself... I got into sixth form just and I pulled myself together and uh, art just just opened my eyes. I walked into into the facilities in Colchester, sixth form and was just like blown away that they had oil paint for everyone to use you know you could go and stretch your own canvases, you know and my school up the road in in little old house like you'd be lucky if you get given a pencil you know um so yeah that was a real big eye opener and again I took it knowing that it was gonna be a very hard subject but just having four subjects that I enjoyed I sort of put all my all my effort into it and yeah it probably changed my life in terms of the art world because I was really into my English and writing so I was probably going to go down that route and then uh yeah art was just like no i'm doing this do
1: Absolutely you write lovely. about your work at all
2: yes i do yeah when i'm when i'm writing and, and talking about my art i, I get really passionate that i think that comes out on the page quite yeah, well so yeah. Um, yeah that's good
1: i've seen your artwork i've only seen it online you're part of roy's art fair yes and, yeah and when i had roy on he was talking about you a fair bit i'm Sure, you listened to Roy's one. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. With him being the boss. Yeah. Um, and that's when I went and had a look at your work then. I've So I've only seen your work on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, what size are the photographs that you work on?
2: So I like to keep things quite standard. So I've got um, a collection of film uh, cameras. And when I get them developed, I get them developed into your standard six by four. So they are quite small. You know, it is small art. But but it's, it's quite exciting. It's quite fresh, and at that size, people go, "Oh, I recognise it because I know that that's the size that photographs are." So, you know, if it's, if, it's, if it's when I blow it up to A4, A3, as I've done, or A1 even, um, people start to go, "Is it an original? Is it a photograph? Like, is it a print?" Because when it's six by four, they straight away go, oh, I know that that's going to be a photograph. Yeah,
1: yeah. It like a it's photograph. like nostalgia. Well, for people who remember uh, fucking photographs, that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean,
2: you've hit the nail on the head there, mate, because it is, nostalgia is, is massive in my work because it is, a, it is a photograph. Like everyone's got their photos on their phones now, haven't they? And, yeah. Um, and with that nostalgia, my film cameras are good cameras, but they are, I'm not looking for perfection. So some of the photos are grainy. Some have like light bleed in them. You know, when you get your holiday snaps back in the 90s, yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah. half of them are ruined. because. But actually I quite enjoy that. You know, there's like a, there's an element of, that's actually quite nice. There's something nice about that.
1: Yeah. Um. So, yeah. It's true. It's honest, isn't it? That's, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's an honest happening. And a lot of people who use sort of splashes and smudges of paint in their work, mm-hmm. how did you come about it? Was it, I'm presuming it was like an accident that that you yeah. sort of run with or...
2: Well, it's, um, yeah, it, it was an accident, actually. And I've spoken about this before. Um, I, I think it was uni. I was at university in my second or third year. I was in my studio. So I was a bit of a miss. You know, I, I did a lot of different art. Uh, at uni, and uh, I was doing these huge canvases and just throwing paint at these canvases. And I was keen. F- I've always been a keen photographer, so I was always getting stuff developed anyway. And I had these new photographs <laughs> sat on my desk, and i have been looking for them with, with a sandwich over lunch. um And it was like me and my mates surfing. You know, because I went to Falmouth University in Cornwall. Oh yeah. Um, so just barbecue photos. Oh, these are really cool. Like, you know, I can't wait to show the guys when I get back. And I was painting in the meantime I had music on really getting to the str- swing of things throwing loads of paint at this canvas and of course splashing paint everywhere paint was landing all over my desk didn't realize at the time went to pick up my photographs and they're covered in paint I was like oh you're absolutely kidding me I was yeah, thinking yeah, i like, yeah, yeah. scrape these off left them to dry overnight because I thought I'll deal with that in the morning came back and then I just remember like having this sort of light bulb moment of going that looks really cool <laughs> they look really yeah, yeah, yeah. nice they, the way they'd been splashed was so spontaneous, you know, so random that you couldn't look at them and go, oh, that was meant, you know, it, there was some element of mistake, but it was like a nice mistake. And um, so I kind of pigeonholed that idea and then carried on with my stuff. And then after uni, I was one year out of uni, I was thinking about like, uh, I had a moment in the studio, I'm sure you've had this as well, where you're like, right, I want to change my direction. I want to try something new. So I flipped back through all my uni diaries and came across one of these photos and was like, oh, that's amazing. And I'll, I've always been a massive fan of Gerhard Richter, who's a German painter. Yeah. He does these huge, big, squeegee canvases. And he did a series of overpainted photographs from the 80s, I believe. And, and I, I kind of rolled with it. And I've been rolling with it ever since. And it, it, it's, I, I love it and I don't want to change because I, I love it. And I think that's, that's really important. And the fact that every time I I'm, I'm create something new or come to create a new piece of art, it's it's always different because it's always different photographs. It's always something new. Yeah. Um, the paint applied is always, even if I had the same image, if you like, every time I apply the paint, it's always going to be different. So I've always got something fresh. Um, Did it
1: take a long time to make the paint application look accidental? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, it took a long time for it to act, to look good, in my opinion. Yeah, um, because I think there's there is a fine line between dropping paint or throwing paint on the photograph and then applying paint to a photograph. Yeah. You know Um, now the application might still be dropping or throwing the paint, but it's, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about where it's going to be landing, you know, what colors I've mixed, um, whether or not I'm applying oil, acrylic, spray paint, you know, there's all these different things. Um,
1: Well, I remember seeing a few years ago, a program on um, Jackson Pollock, and oh, yeah. they had, I can't remember the name of the painting, but it was a very long and very thin painting, um, maybe, say, 30 feet by five feet, for instance. Yeah. Um. And they saw that there was a rhythm in the colour and splash application. And they got a musician to set it to music and it actually, oh, excuse me, and it actually played. So there was a rhythm there within his yeah. work.
2: Yeah, I absolutely love that. Jackson Pollock's a um, huge influence. I think his work is fantastic. And what I love, one of the things I love about his work, and what I'm starting to get with my work is, people are annoyed by it. They're like, "Oh, that's really easy. That's not art. Like you're just throwing paint in the camera. But that already, I've I've evoked or Jacksons have evoked an yeah, emotion in them. Course, yeah, you know, you've you've wound them up. Brilliant. That's well, that's. You- and actually, I'd prefer that comment. I, if I had a solo show, I'd want people to challenge me rather than just walk around and going, "Yeah, that's nice." Yeah. yeah that's the worst like I don't want you to tell me it's nice like talk to me like tell me what you're feeling like how does it make you feel and if, if you don't feel much from it fine okay but like be honest you know yeah
1: well saying that about your solo show I did have a, a look through your Instagram which is that's normally just the most I do to prepare is look through someone's Instagram a to get a timeline of their work yeah and I saw that you was at the other one.
2: Oh yeah um, yeah
1: Paul well, Kirsty's place
2: that's right yeah yeah that was that was good fun I um I strike up strike up a, a really good relationship with uh, Paul and Kirsty. This was probably, Which is
1: probably in Saffron Walden.
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's about thirty minutes from from me. Yeah, got in touch and just went out for a beer with them and just really sort of hit it off, I suppose. And then I helped them. They just sort of moved in. they had been at Saffron Walden for I, I don't know how long, but not not very long. And then they had like this basement. I'm sure you've you've been there, haven't you?
1: I have. It's a it's a great little space.
2: Yeah. So, the basement space, and I actually helped Paul um, sort of renovate it and paint it, and and we were sort of chatting and blah blah blah. And and he's and I think Heath Kane was doing a show in there for like their yeah. first yeah. excuse me opening show, and I was like the second or third. So yeah, I, I got a solo show in there. Um, really good opening night, and I I, I kind of talking about it made made me really sort of sad because I really do miss going to events and you know hosting events and um he's good yeah, fun was, was, isn't he
0: you wouldn't hey, be the next good,
2: policeman would you no nah, he's good crack and he really good crack yeah so that was that was brilliant that was uh that was really good and 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 bless them you know we really supported each other and you know they helped me have a solo show and you know solo shows are hard to come by really um and then I helped them and and yes yeah, so it's a nice relationship we had yeah
1: and unfortunately they've been a victim of covid insofar as it's yeah. affected their business so much that they've had to pull t- away from shop. it which was I know. a, a great shame because they were starting to sort of make a little name for themselves up there
2: it is a real shame my local pubs closed and you know you've seen these small businesses close uh and you know the huge the huge shops and you know they're, they're staying open and i do feel for them
1: i mean other than being an artist you're i mean what you're a part of roy's um, yes, I'm design. the manager. Yeah. I keep going to call it Roy's People Art Fair, but it's not <laughs> it that anymore, that. is
2: it? No, no, no. <clears throat> so we changed that because Roy realised that it was too close to his art yeah. um, his art name, if you like.
1: Just so there's a bit of disconnect. But yeah,
2: you know, because people were sort of coming thinking it was going to be a solo show. Uh, turning up with well. a
1: magnifying glass.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we got too much of that. So we, we rebranded and just, you know, have named it Roy's. Um, yeah I'm the manager there and have been for the last come up to three years and yeah I mean we've got something good going I think I think it's going to be something that the future will will be will be very positive.
1: I mean was you with Roy from the start? Uh,
2: No so I was actually working in London I was working for a gallery in London at the time and I just made my connections because working in a gallery or a a show you you sort of you meet so many artists and I was in touch with so many artists and Roy was one of the artists in this gallery so we ended up you know being introduced and he was saying that he wants to start this art fair and blah blah blah. Uh, I tell a lie actually the first time I did meet him I was actually on a residency. Uh, this uh, this was fresh out of uni I was on a residency with an artist called Rod McIntosh and he do you know Rod yeah? Yeah
1: he's good. he's great isn't he? Yeah
2: he's he's such frank. a nice guy. Yeah, no he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And uh he he had a residency open and and I got the spot. Uh out in kent where he lives and he was showing at roy's debut show in islington um so i went along to help and then i was there for the private view and then two days later i got a call from roy saying hi mate all of our volunteers have scarpered do you want to come and work over the weekend and i'm fresh out of uni i was working you know in a dead-end job to just earn some money to begin with i was like you just got to say yes to these sort of things Went straight in, said yes, worked for the weekend, had a great time. You know, I was handing, Gary, I was handing leaflets out in London. You know, London track, no one's picking up a leaflet off me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of go, come to Roy's outfit. And, it, you know, it was, it was great. But so I did that. I met a load of artists and, yeah, really fun. And then came away from it because I thought, well, that's it. That's, you know, a nice opportunity. And then a couple of months later, I was working, like I say, in London. And then I remember getting a phone call from Roy. I believe he was on holiday at the time. And he just said... Um, do you want a job? So, yeah, it started off as a sort of internship and that led into, um, well, it's kind of led all the way up to manager. I mean, yeah, nice.
1: run the show now, Gary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all you got to do now is get rid of him and then yeah, yeah. Change <laughs> the name, Will's the up evil, there. The evil dictator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he knows it as well. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that just goes to prove that, um, any of these opportunities you, you know you shouldn't just chase the pound note you nope. should chase the opportunity you know Absolutely. that's something I've discovered um, with this you know just take or try your hand at anything yeah. and you you really don't know what it's going to lead to you know I mean this this podcast was only meant to be a, a, like one little series I'm just speaking to a few artists friends of mine and just getting to know a bit more about that work because it's a way to sit down with someone for 30, 40, 50 minutes and yeah. and just have that conversation and find out about that work. And it's led to so much. Yeah. So you've got to take all of those opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. This podcast is great. I've been, I listen to most of them actually that come out. Um, well, we've got, we've, we've had a few people who have been from Roy's Art Fair.
2: Yeah. I, I listened to, um, uh, I mean, you can go way back, but like uh, Taya, because she was on recently, wasn't she? Yeah, it was great. Um, so yeah, she's great. Think. Amy Beeger obviously has done Roy's. Um, Louise McNaught way back in the day, did uh, or applied and did Roy's. Um, yeah, there's so many,
1: and well, i have go also got. Sorry, I'm recording one shortly with Chelsea Winterbottom, and I had a chat with her on Zoom. Um, I was I, I was with Rod and Roy on the um, V art show. Oh yeah, of course you are. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. on the second one. Roy coming at the third, but yeah, Chelsea coming into my room um, on Zoom. Um, oh, what a great, what a great girl!
2: She, she's honestly, she's got a heart of gold. That girl, she's she's amazing. She she um, my so I do interviews through Roy's Art Fair page, and she's if you go onto the the Instagram page, she's one of the interviews I did recently. I watched it. Yeah, um, yeah, she's. Do you know what? She's a ball of energy, and we need more like her.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. She's um, great stuff.
2: Yeah, she's great.
1: Which piece you've created as the strongest emotional connection?
2: Oh, do you know what? I hear you ask this question on previous podcasts and I was, I'll be decorating or painting and listening to you. And I'm like, I definitely don't know. I like to think that the last piece I create is like my favorite because it's something that is like in the, in the moment, in the present. Um, Perfect answer. Yeah. It's a good question. I, I, I don't know. There was a big piece I created. Um, recently actually for a london show and it was called shoreditch sun and it's like a view from the top end of shoreditch high street right under the bridge and the sun's just touching these buildings and it's a big a1 piece and yeah i haven't sold it yet and i quite like that and i think that's probably I, every time i look at it i'm like i'm finding something new in it and it's just yeah it's really special for me so yeah probably that piece
1: maybe it shouldn't maybe it should stay on your you then eh?
2: yeah maybe maybe yeah yeah i'll try i'll bring it to roy's and we'll
1: see <laughs> Do you still show yourself at Roy's? Yeah, so I uh, I,
2: I I pay for a stand um, because Roy's very supportive um, in in the sense that I am a up and you know I'm an emerging artist. And I need to get my stuff out there, and um, I'm just grateful that I can have a job and do my art. And it's kind yeah, of it comes yeah. together so lovely, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I've got a three or four of me at stand, and yeah, show my stuff. My lovely parents stand in for me. Oh, so, good. So when you come to the next art fair, you'll you'll look for Will's dad or Will's mum. That's even better value than cheap labour, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I literally buy them a bottle of wine and dinner or something, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, that's good because I'm normally running around like a headless chicken, making sure everyone's okay. Yeah, and, of course. log. so um, yeah, really good. And yeah, I mean the show. Have you been to one of our shows? I have. I went to the yeah. Brick Lane one. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so that was a that was a new venue for us. That was at Truman and. I think that was our best show today um really good really exciting we love them uh, it's just it's good fun isn't it if you if you do something well and you do something right and you know i'm sure you've had people say that they feel really welcomed at our shows because there is this sense of family there's a sense of community if your neighbor sells a piece of art everyone's cheering you know yeah. it's you know you're not out for yourself it's, it's
1: really nice and um i think we attract that you know and it was damn bad timing um i mean i know the 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 virus was you know, bad timing for the world, but um, it was in the weekend that the art fairs started, wasn't it? I mean, the Affordable Art Fair just got in by the skin of their teeth, and it,
2: yeah, uh, I think thinking. it. Was, I think
1: yours was a weekend or two after, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah.
2: So I did. I actually showed at Talented Art Fair in Truman, and that was March. And I remember then everyone was masked up, hand sanitizers on the bar, and all that, but. So that was like it, and then the weekend after was affordable, like you say, because um, I remember I was all sitting there thinking, is that going to go ahead? Because affordable is so big, isn't it? Like a yeah, yeah. big production, and you know, the the thing that we were sort of clinging onto with Roy is, is it's free entry, so we're not worried about re- refunding all of our customers like tickets and stuff. Um, and yeah, thought what happened. And then Boris came on TV, didn't he? <laughs> and then it was like, oh, God. So yeah, that was, you know, that was a, it was a dark time, Gary. I think everyone yeah. was a bit like, shit, what do we do now? Like, how do we put on a show, you know? Um, but we cannot have asked for a better response from our artists. Everyone was so supportive. Most of them rolled over their money to the next show. Yeah. Excuse me. You know, even the, the general public were getting on and emailing us and, and messages on Instagram saying, Really sorry to hear that. We know how much this hurts, bum, bum, bum. But we can't wait for the next one. And there was not a, there was no evidence of, oh, why is this not going on? You know, I think everyone yeah. was in that boat. And, yeah, we moved well, on. Well, then the next
1: one was meant to be, like, October time, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, so originally we postponed the April one to September. And then September was just going to be too soon. So we moved September to October. Um, because we had, I think it was August was quite good, wasn't it? I and mean, We were feeling quite positive. Yeah. The numbers were quite yeah. down. We were getting below the, the R number, the one. And then uh, September and October happened, and it was like, nope, back up. So,
1: yeah, scary. Oh? We thought we'd, we thought worse ways it would be six months.
2: Yeah, it's looking um, like it's definitely going to be a year now, if not more. You know, it's, um, it's a, such a strange time. And, uh, well, we're higher never-
1: now than we, we ever have been, haven't we? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've all had, had ways to relax over the last few months. And our lives have all changed a bit, but how do you relax, Will?
2: See, I would like to say my my studio or or my home, but I mean I've been here <laughs> too long. Uh, yeah, you're sick of it. Yeah, I'm just a bit sick of these walls. Um, realistically, um, the coast. You know, go to the beach. I, I I absolutely love the beach. I think being in Falmouth for three years um, and half my family are Cornish and half my family are Scottish, so coastline's always been a part of my childhood like you know it's but
1: one's uh, a lot warmer than the other
2: absolutely yeah yeah you need you need a winter wetsuit for up north <laughs> yeah um
1: in so, august,
2: yeah yeah, absolutely yeah yeah august um so yeah definitely the coastline definitely the sea i feel like i get like without sounding all spiritual because i'm not too spiritual but you, you kind of get grounded put your feet in the sand you know and it's like um, or go for a swim; it just clears your head. It's just brilliant. But yeah. uh, also, um, I'm a keen cyclist, so uh, get on my bike or run in, you know, and, and a bit of exercise. And but artistically, in my studio, track and paint at the wall with some classical music on. You know, just go for it. Um, so yeah, lots of different places. I'm quite a relaxed person, I think.
1: <laughs> well, we just said there, splashing paint against the wall. Do you do multiple photographs at the same time? Uh, yeah. So. It depends.
2: See, sometimes it's uh, orchestrated that I will go out. This is, you know, pre-COVID. Um, let's say, oh, I really fancy going to Cambridge. There's like a lovely cathedral up there, you know. And I'll take a roll of 36 film, and I might shoot all the 36 photos in and around this cathedral, and then I could create like a mini series and call it, you know, "Take Me to Church" or whatever it may be. I tend to then either stick up or place on on my on my tape on my desk in my studio all of the photos. And then it might be a case of I work on them at the same time or I know I often create like diptychs or triptychs, like twos or threes, like in frames, So it makes like a panoramic or whatever. So,
1: yeah. um, It just varies really. I think. uh, I mean, that only just come to mind then because where you said you, you, uh, where you previously said that you try to, you know, reestablish the mood that you had when you took the photos, yeah. I figured that if you've taken 20 photos, for instance, of a cathedral or mm-hmm. a church, and then you start applying the paint, you're doing that once for, you know, as you took the photographs in one go, you're you're applying the paint in one go. So it will, they will all be able to sit next to each other.
2: Absolutely. I think some works talk really well together, you know, and and, and actually... I've had certain works that talk so well together that like they get framed up together, you know, like, you know, in the same frame. And, uh, there's a lovely balance, a lovely relationship in that. Um, so yeah, I, but my, most of the time, you know, if it's, if it's a, when I take, when I take, when I take my photos out of the 36 photos, there's normally 10 that just get chucked straight away. Just not what I don't chuck in a bin, but you know, they're, they're not going to make it. Um, couple that are blurry and then there's normally around i'd say between three and six photos that are just like they're, they're that's the yeah, bollocks. they just tick like, every
1: box that you're looking they're, for
2: they're, yeah you know they're aesthetically pleasing there's really nice subject matter there's lovely light and they kind of go on this shelf and they don't get touched for ages because i'm scared to touch them because once i touch them that's it like i don't really i don't tend to reprint because i believe that that one developed photo is the canvas it's like that's my chance it's, it's there and then that adds to the in the moment aspect of it, you know, kind of creating in the moment and sort of getting that emotion across. Um, so yeah, there's still some, I mean, there's some from last year that I just haven't touched yet. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't want to touch it. But well, when I do,
1: thing, it's only you that's going to know that they're, yeah, well, yeah, they're very, old, isn't it? Unless yeah. there's going to be crowds of unmasked people, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is, it's exciting. And, and I love that. And
2: going back to that nostalgia, you know, talking about nostalgia, when you take when you take a photo on a film camera you can't check the screen to see if it's any good you know i think we're as a society we're so obsessed with the perfect we're so obsessed with the the instance as well of 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 social media and technology that you know you could be out of your family take a photo if it's slightly blurry oh wait i'll do it again you know you can't do that on film it's like there you you, you've you've taken your shot you've got to move on and and if it's blurry use that it could be quite nice there could be an element to that you know um
1: well, before COVID struck, the use of film cameras had increased, just like people buying vinyl instead of CDs.
2: I think there's definitely a generation of people that are sort of anti-future. Um, I, don't, I mean that in the kind of loosest loosest term, because there's definitely a generation now growing up where they're buying cassettes and buying vinyl and buying film and, and actually really enjoying that old process. Um, you know, my parents laugh because they're like, well, it's not a good photo. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not about the finished product. It's the nice honest
1: photo, yeah. It's, it's honest, just like yeah. these girls taking photos of themselves now without filters. And yeah. it's such a bloody good thing. For, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, yeah. As a father of a 14-year-old girl, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Will, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be?
2: Oh, Okay oh that's a good question um i've got to i've got to lay homage to to some university so artists that i studied at uni because they kind of they've paved the way for me really yeah
1: they're your foundation
2: yeah so someone like martin creed he's a scottish artist um beautiful yeah yeah he's, he's an absolute legend and sort of he, i mean he's, he's he's got his own band you know he's he's so multidisciplinary um, I went to his show in Hayward Gallery in 2014 or something the room of all the balloons and, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I'm yeah, yeah. and I just I, I wrote my dissertation on him actually and uh, the way he sort of alters the protocols of the gallery space you know fart noises from the speaker and, and things moving and you go in and the gallery space is so clinical isn't it it's like a hospital you know yeah, yeah. there's no photos you've got to be quiet you've got to respect the art and it's like Fuck that! Like, let's have fun. Like, why not? And I love that about him, and I think that's that's brilliant. So definitely him. Um, and then, kind of touching on performance artists, I would say, oh, it's got to be Mar- Marina Abramovic. Um, love her um, again, just so brave in what she did and what she challenged, uh, and still making art to this day. Photography, Martin Parr probably. He's a British artist, British photographer, and just captures the everyday. So so beautifully and just yeah yeah, and it's he 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 captures sort of true brits you know the sort of brit abroad you know the 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 england deck chair and the bulldog and people on the beach and i just think that's so it's so lovely um something so beautiful about it oh god two more have i got uh damien hurst it'd be a laugh of course and oh i've gone all fame i've gone famous i've gone big um uh, yeah, I mean, I could say, like I could say, Roy, I could say loads of artists that I've been, actually had the privilege to to work with, you know, being Roy put you yeah. in there,
1: didn't he? I believe he did. Uh, it's rude for me not to now say Roy, isn't it? How <laughs> ah, can you put you, whatever your conscience holds, mate. Did Roy put you in there? I think he did, yeah. It yeah. was only when you said that 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 reminded me. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he he mentioned me.
2: Oh, God, I, I don't know. Um, Someone like, I mean, David Hockney. Fantastic artist. The way he uses color, uh, you could put Banksy in there. You could put Tracy Emin. uh, I'm a big fan of British artists, as you can probably tell. Likewise, you know, I think there's so much uh, there's so much beauty on our doorstep, and so you know, people are creating incredible work. Um, and, And going back to Martin Creed, the first artist I mentioned, you know, he he's really just having fun, and and I love that. And you know, Tracy Emin back in the day was just having fun
1: um i can definitely get wrapped up in the nuances and the story behind it yeah same and
2: and we kind of i think sometimes we need that we need something to to we need to feed on that because sometimes as humans if there's nothing to feed on it's like it's empty you know we were saying earlier i think it's um if yeah well i i I certainly see it at the art fairs you know these artists are like nervous it's their first show like amy taylor these artists I, I was there for their first ever show in London and they're they're nervous, bless them, like, and so they should be, you know, it's a big thing and it's scary and the general public are gonna come and see something that you've created, studio, whatever. Um, and I always say to them, like, face your audience and just tell your story. Like, you can't get it wrong because they don't yeah. know you. You know, and like you say, that's kind of good that they're buying into you as an artist because that's half the, half the battle, if you like, you know, if they buy into you, they like you. A oh, guy called Gary, he's fantastic. You know his backstory? Yeah, look, this is what it means. And yeah. they like that. It's like, like I said earlier, it's a dinner party thing, isn't it?
1: Well, funnily enough, we mentioned Chelsea Winterbottom earlier. Um, just as, as you were saying that, I remember that's how me and Chelsea started talking online. Oh, wow. Um, I can't remember if it was her who mentioned something to me or or it was just a conversation we was both... Um, taking part in you know underneath someone's feed but um she uh, she mentioned to me about my backstory and she she was saying that um she feels hasn't quite got the 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 guts to sort of start telling about mental health and anxiety Mm. and stuff and I said well that's what people want to hear you know that's part of your story you're giving them a piece of you with your artwork
2: absolutely no it's it's so true and I think Chelsea doing it in a brilliant way because she's just being honest. Yeah. You know, and it is scary. It is scary. You're telling complete strangers that you've got mental health problems. Okay. I've got anxiety. I I I wouldn't necessarily go, I've got anxiety to person I've just met, but if it means that my story is told through the art, then you've
1: then you've got to do it. Yeah, Yeah, then then the work becomes relevant even more, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What would you want to do if you wasn't an artist? (laughs) Ha ha Probably teach art.
2: Okay. Yeah, I can see myself as a teacher. But I, I think I, I'd like to, yeah, pour my excitement and passion into the young generations. Pass and it. Go,
1: Pass it on in yeah, your old yeah, age. Why not?
2: Yeah, yeah, in my wisdom. <laughs> um, so, yeah, probably teacher.
1: Good answer. Um, there's not much going on in the world physically at the moment, but have you got anything coming up? either as, as an artist first and as a Roy's Art Fair second?
2: So for myself, yeah, I've got some exciting projects coming up. I've got um, an international art uh, collaboration project coming up, which I won't talk too much about because it's early days. Um, but so there's two galleries. There's a gallery here in uh, in UK, in Edinburgh, and a gallery in Antwerp in Belgium. And they've both chosen five artists to do a big collaboration project oh, nice. after about six months. So I've got that. Coming up, so that'd be exciting. I've got some commissions that I'm doing for some people. Uh, recently, got some work into um, some corporate buildings, which is like <sighs> a bit bittersweet, really, because it's good, but there's no one in there to look at it at the moment because of everything going on. But you know, they'll, they'll, they're hanging there. It's good storage space for me, Gary. You know, it's
1: the same. Uh, it's the same price when it's when it goes in the bank, isn't it? Whether anyone yeah. looks at it or not, hey? Eh?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, got that. Um, I've I've sadly had to postpone a solo show. Um, I've had to to really change my way of thinking. I'm sure you're the same. You know, it's how do we adapt to this new situation? Um, So just selling online and bits and bobs Uh, with Roy's. Our next show is in May, end of May. Um, So yeah, that's sold out now, which is exciting. Um, Yeah, that's kind of it. Kind of sadly, if you'd ask me on a normal in normal circumstances, there might be a lot more to to say, but. Yeah, that's kind of it. And and well, let's uh,
1: hope that May, even if it goes back like it was a few months ago, when we are able to socially distance
2: we, we'd love that. We would if, if London were to be able to go back into tier two and you know, rule of six and two metres. I mean, we're ready for that. We're prepared. of course
1: you had all that arranged for October, didn't you? I remember speaking to Roy about that.
2: So we I mean, I spent about a month designing um posters, COVID posters, floor plans you know, um, hand sanitizer stations, temperature checks, wearing masks, all of that happened. Um, and this is what I'm saying about, you know, talking about Paul and Kirsty and, and, and pubs and, and places like that closing. They've spent hundreds of pounds, if not thousands on all this gear to be COVID safe, to be COVID ready. Yeah. And then nowhere's open. It's, it's it is heartbreaking, such a isn't it? Yeah, it really is, really is.
1: I mean, my friend Ben Oakley, he's got a, um, a gallery in Greenwich and he had to shut down, but yeah. he put on little shows in the window. Oh, cool. Oh, so, fantastic. yeah, if, if um, sort of Mohammed won't come to the mountain, then this way <laughs> the mountain went to Mohammed, you know? Yeah.
2: yeah, love it.
1: Where can anyone see your work, Will? Not social media?
2: Yes, yeah, so my website is uh, www.williamjamesclarage.com. I use my full name, which I kind of regret now, but there we go. When I
1: saw that, that did raise a little smile, actually. I thought he's yeah. had that since he was 11.
2: Yeah, it's like an old email address, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah, on there, so WJC. Uh, on my Instagram is willclarage.art, same as Facebook. And all my details are on there, you know, and I'm like everyone. I'm on my phone all the time, so just, uh, just get in touch. Brilliant. Well, Will, that's all my
1: questions asked.
2: Thank you for having me, Gary. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, it's been great. I've enjoyed it.
1: All the best, mate. ta And there we have it, Mr. William James Claridge, no less. I really hope to be able to meet Will this year at Roy's Art Fair, so it's fingers crossed that he actually goes ahead. Well, obviously, as well as every other art fair and gallery, museum, etc. And I don't think I'm the only one yearning to see a bit of art on a wall by any means. And speaking of Roy's art fair, next week's guest is Chelsea Lee Winterbom. I got chatting to Chelsea some time ago, just after doing a Instagram live with Roy's people. Chelsea knows Roy and has shown his art fair. Chelsea's pretty new to the art world, or at least standing in front of her work to try and sell it. And suffering from a certain amount of anxiety, Chelsea's very open and honest about the challenges that creates. But I don't want to give too much away, so I'll uh, I'll button it and leave it there. Like I say every week, on whichever platform you listen to this podcast, you should be able to leave a comment. If you could do that, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. If you've got any queries, drop us a line on social media at ministryofarts.org. If you're enjoying these episodes, spread the word of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're not, well, fuck you. You won't be listening to this bit anyway. And those of you that are, thanks for listening. And Until next week. Sha.
0: Planning for your next trip.